I'd like to offer some instruction this morning on um, Vipassana practice. Last night in the guided meditation, uh, I guided uh, a samatha practice. So this uh, samatha practice is a practice of collecting awareness, collecting attention on a single object. And, uh, and the object which I most recommend that people use is the breath. Um, <clears throat> there are other objects which one can use as a single object. Uh, such as body sensation or uh, or sound. <clears throat> the breath is a very good object um, for many reasons. Uh, it's always there. It's um, uh, it is uh, in itself calming because of its rhythmic quality. Um, it re- sometimes can reflect what quality of mind is present. So, um, for for all of these reasons, uh, it's it's a very uh, it's a very good object to to use uh, for this samatha practice. <clears throat> so so when we're practicing samatha uh, tranquility meditation, the process is, uh, and this is you know for beginners. Uh, or for people with experience, sometimes, uh, sometimes we we find that um, you know the mind is just feels unstable or scattered, and and we just want to collect the mind and and uh, and stabilize. So so we practice samatha. It's it's very natural and and very positive, very beautiful practice. So, so the in the samatha practice, um, we we begin by bringing our awareness into the body, and connecting with the breath, and just in a very simple and direct way, a tactile way, feeling the breath, um, feeling the breath in the perhaps in the chest or in the belly or in the nostrils. I find that uh, feeling it in the chest or the belly uh, is, is often very helpful for people who are very much in their heads, very, a lot of thinking. Uh, so if, if, uh, if that, that describes you and you're having a hard time bringing your attention to the breath, you might bring it deeper into the body. <clears throat> So, so what happens is uh, we connect with the breath, feel this in-breath, this out-breath. And then, and then there's a loss. It's like a, the attention just breaks off. And, and then at some point, maybe in a minute or five minutes, uh, you realize mindfulness returns. And you realize that the mind has been completely absorbed in thinking, completely, you know, taken up in either fantasizing or, or uh, 
having an inner conversation or planning something or remembering something. So these, these habits of mind are very powerful. And, um, and the, uh, some of you might have heard uh, Rick Hansen, who's a, a, a neuropsychologist who also teaches the Dharma, he talks about, you know, and, and many brain researchers talk about the neural pathways. These neural pathways are very well established that we, we just uh, get pulled away from attention to the present moment. And so, so it, it, it feels like, and it is, uh, a kind of a, an, an effort not an effort like striving, like I've got to get this perfect, but um, you know, the Zen Master Dogen used the word exertion. So there's a sustained exertion in uh, in in the enlightenment factors. Uh, one of the factors is is energy, virya. So we we bring this energy to collecting the attention bringing it back again and again and again, every time the mind wanders away. <clears throat> it takes patience, it takes, it takes perseverance, it takes also simplicity, you know, that just, just this, just this moment of coming back to the breath. And, and we find, you know, after some time, and it doesn't have to be a very long time, especially if you're doing the practice regularly. We find that uh, that the awareness, the attention, is becoming established in the breath. That the mind is coming to rest. That there's a calmness that is uh, is developing. <clears throat> so. So we talk about this practice as a practice of, it's a developmental practice. You know, we're, we're actually um, developing the quality of uh, this capacity to steady the mind in the present moment. And a very supportive practice, uh, and and very very important as well, is this uh, the quality of heart, which we call metta, uh, loving kindness, loving friendship. Um, we bring this sense of of friendship to ourselves, uh, the quality of heart of of gentleness, of acceptance. So that, you know, every time, you know, we notice that the mind has wandered off and is, you know, that, that the mind maybe is, is into judgment or the mind is into uh, irritation or the mind is into grasping. You know, we, we're kind, we're compassionate. We kindly bring the mind back to just feeling the breath in the heart and the belly and the nostrils and it's um, 
it's done with this uh, deep acceptance. And there's a, a practice of metta, uh, which can help to cultivate this, this quality of loving kindness. You know, many of you might have done this practice. Most of you probably have. Um, which intentionally cultivates this uh, natural quality of heart, of, uh, of, of feeling connected and, and accepting and kind. So, so after, uh, after I'm going to describe a bit of a spectrum of, of how Vipassana practice develops. So some of you are more beginners, some of you are experienced. So it's important that, uh, that we know, in a sense, where we are at a particular time. Um, so that when, as, as our attention becomes stabilized and we have the capacity to, uh, to be with a, a, our breath, you know, for for um, you know some some extended period of time, as as uh, you know, as uh, thoughts and imaginations and uh, other habits of mind arise, they're noticed quickly, and and then we come back to the breath. So so then um, where we begin in a very natural way to move into uh, the Vipassana practice, which is a practice of, um, of mindfulness and investigation. So the investigation of mindfulness is noticing that when we are present, uh, with sustained awareness from breath to breath, from breath to body sensation, to sound, that we are noticing that all experiences are rising and passing away. So there's a flow of experience that <clears throat> when we stop resisting and stop trying to hold on or grasp what's going on. So, um, so for example, when we have the capacity, uh, if, a, if an unpleasant sensation arises in the body, as we have this capacity to be steady in the mind, we might, instead of just moving back to the breath, we might, you know, if there's a, a soreness or a, uh, a, um, a sharp sensation or a throbbing or heat, we might bring our attention to that uh, quality in the body and, and actually notice how it's a dynamic experience. It changes. It shifts. It goes from perhaps intensity to to more openness. Maybe it moves around a little bit. Maybe intensity returns. So, 
we notice that physical sensation is uh, is very dynamic. It's flowing. So that's a a direct experience of um, the impermanent nature of um, of a body sensation. <clears throat> we can also bring this same quality of investigation to uh, our, our emotional states. So, so as we're sitting, uh, we might notice that there's a rising, you know, a, sen- a sense, and we might notice it as a physical sensation. Very often, you know, especially as we develop mindfulness of the body, we the mindfulness of the body brings us into touch with our emotions. Um, we're often very unaware of our emotional states, but when we notice a heaviness in the heart, you know, and we and we connect with it, and we we recognize sadness or grief, and then we can be with that experience of sadness. We don't have to turn away from it. We don't have to push it away. We can open to it with that quality of acceptance and friendliness and compassion. Seeing how it unfolds. Seeing that it's not a solid thing. It has a flow. It arises. It manifests. It opens. It maybe intensifies. It passes away. So, so with that, this investigation of experience and seeing its impermanent nature, we also see that trying to hold on to or resist these experiences brings us stress and struggle and suffering. So we also gain insight into the nature of suffering, mental suffering. And this same quality of investigation, mindful investigation, can help us to understand how all of our experiences are arising conditionally. They're arising out of other conditions. They're arising contingent on conditions. So, for example, if I'm having a sitting and, you know, I'm using a very simple example, and I begin to feel a sensation of hunger, and uh, and I might become anxious around feeling hunger, and maybe I feel a little bit of, you know, maybe my blood sugar is low, and I feel a little bit lightheaded, and I feel very, I get more anxious around that. So when there's mindfulness, <clears throat> instead of getting into a whole story about 
you know, I need to eat and I'm going to fall over and, and, uh, and why do they have uh, sittings, you know, that are, go past noon or whatever we might get into. All the dramas that we create in our minds, we just are aware of these sensations. We can be mindful, we can have a sense of uh, acceptance and openness and recognition that that it's um, it's just a process, and you know, and then we're going to get up, and we're going to go have lunch, and it's going to be okay. So, um, so this uh, this process of and so you see how the capacity to stay steady and attentive with our changing experience is a very important part of Vipassana practice. And so we begin to investigate our experience. We begin to see the, the, um, the impermanent nature, the, the, uh, the way that grasping and resisting can lead to suffering. We see the contingent nature, the dependent nature of our experience. <clears throat> and, and from this, wisdom arises, insight arises, and wisdom arises. And this is the basis for equanimity. So in Vipassana practice, we move, we, we we keep our base, we keep our anchor of the breath, but as other experiences, such as sound, such as an emotional state, a physical <coughs> sensation, come into the forefront of our consciousness, we investigate, we're mindful of, we, we recognize the, these, these characteristics that I described of impermanence and and the you know the quality of suffering which arises from clinging and the contingent nature these are called the three characteristics of experience we begin to recognize that and then and then and then we come back to the anchor of our breath and we're and we we once again just rest in the anchor and then and then another experience arises and we, we investigate and then go back to our anchor. And then as we really are uh, um, a, a further development of Vipassana practice uh, is letting go of the anchor and just <coughs> This is when awareness is so stable that just really moving from object, uh, hearing, to seeing a thought arising and falling. So a metaphor for this is when, when we're the ordinary mind is, is like being a cork or a twig or a leaf just floating along a river or stream and just being carried away and maybe bumping into the shore and, 
and then just being washed away and getting caught in a in a whirlpool and 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 just just being carried there's there's really no no stability no presence <clears throat> and then and then the by by contrast choiceless awareness when we're aware of the whole flow of experience it's it's standing on a bridge and seeing the stream and seeing all of the things that the stream's carrying and seeing through to the bottom of the stream and not being carried away on it. And so, of course, you know, as we practice, we move. You know, I described three different phases, you know, from the samatha practice in which we keep coming back to a single object to the vipassana practice in which we are we have an anchor of the object and then where we move away and investigate certain experiences mental physical experiences and then we come back to our anchor and then choiceless awareness in which we are really resting in awareness and and noticing just rise and fall of uh, experience. So it's a kind of a spectrum. Uh, and so, you know, at any time, we might find ourselves practicing in one or another place of that. Uh, we might, uh, <clears throat> usually when I practice, uh, when I start my practice, I just, I just begin with samatha practice. I just begin by feeling the breath and and grounding myself in the breath for the first few minutes. <clears throat> and then and then, you know, my practice just opens up and becomes what what I'm I'm ready to do or or what you know where my uh, my stability is, my stability of mind is at that particular moment. So, so in our in our practice of uh, of just being open to whatever experience is arising, and seeing its nature, seeing its uh, it arise and pass away, you know, allowing it to be known within our being, within the body and mind, without clinging, without resistance. This is an expression of equanimity. This practice of mindfulness, of welcoming, is an expression of equanimity in itself. And it is also the context in which equanimity develops and arises. So um, I'd like to, if there's anything I said that you have a question about or um, something in your experience that you'd like to connect with, uh, I'd like to just give a few minutes for that kind of reflection. Is anything unclear? Um, 
Could you expand a bit on the choiceless awareness? <coughs> so, uh, so we in samatha we have we have this object of uh, a single object in which so we're just teaching the mind to stabilize in the present moment. In um, <clears throat> and there is a sense in um, in that. Uh, in that activity of bringing the attention back again and again to this object that I am doing this there's a sense of activity that I am bringing my attention to, to the breath and, and then in mindfulness uh, sorry, in Vipassana uh, we are um, bringing that quality of investigation <clears throat> and and there is and we're even investigating you know the sense of I am I am doing this you know uh, and we're seeing that the sense of I is actually a constructed um, idea it's it's really a label that we put over experience it's just experience. It's just, it's just a flow of, of knowing. It's a flow of awareness that's happening. And with choiceless awareness, really the I, the controlling I, drops away. So, um, so it's just knowing, arising, passing away. It's just a, a field of awareness. You know, and and so the identification with I am doing, you know, just becomes um, uh, more and more transparent and and fades away. So let's take a moment to uh, <clears throat> to just stand up. Uh, it's not a break to uh, to go out, but just to stand up or uh, or release your posture. You don't need to stand up, and then we'll sit. <clears throat> 